Welcome to everyone's favorite podcast, It's Reclaimed Audio, with your hosts, Phil Pinsky, Bill Lutz, and Tim Sway. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of Reclaimed Audio. This is episode 222 for February 12th, 2020. A lot of twos there. My name is Phil Pinsky. With me, as always, is Bill Lutz and Tim Sway. This week's top Patreon supporters are Lakeside Woodcrafter, Stu Morrison, The Godfather, Jimmy DeResta. <laughs> so Phil oh, killed the spider and Tim's got a rattlesnake in his office. No, but he's doing a little bit of self-promotion. I'm sure he's going to talk about his video later. Scott Turner, Greg Mead, Chad Grossclaws, Shane Bronson, Jeff Shaw, Infinite Craftsman, LiquidRC.com, Jim Bashirs, Paul Jackman, the boys over at Maybe I've Said Too Much, Creator Nader, Wesley Treep, Rob Ray, Darren Mattis, Kling Spore, Joshua Alexander, Isotunes, Tim Holliner, and Gangi and Pop Pop Makerspace. Tim, why don't you go ahead and tell us what you're, what you're working on there, the, the little wooden egg you've got tucked away. What, well, what's that for- about? First, congratulations to Gangi and Pop Pop for, I think it was grandchild yeah. number seven. Grandbaby. Seven, yeah. Which is yeah. just super exciting. Congrats. And, and I, I think it's cute that we were so high on the notification list that the baby didn't even have a name yet when he emailed us. So so thank you and congratulations. Frankly, I think it was obvious. We knew we, we knew before the dad, I think. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Greg, pass around some, some uh, hugs from the Reclaimed Audio crew. Congratulations, you and the fam. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, what am I working on? Oh, the, the, the sound effect was, uh, I'm just loving this thing. I made, this is not for my channel. It's going to be a video that comes out in March on the, uh, Vector channel, but I, I was kind of knocking it out early because I'm waiting on some parts on my guitars. So I was like, well, maybe I'll knock this out now. So I don't have too much stuff going on. And I wanted to 3d carve an egg because it's going to be the video coming out like a couple weeks for Easter. So I was thinking it'd be cool to do an egg. And I was like, oh, I'll make it like a shaker egg. And, and I'm just really happy with it. It's just a lot of fun. And uh, and I, I'm thinking it might be something fun to put in my my store for sale as an inexpensive, um, you know, something I can I can sell. But it's just a little egg is full of dried corn kernels, and it's just made out of uh, this so, is a piece of countertop. So uh, a thing that that Casey's parents do it's a uh, we go to Santa Cruz with Casey, and on the way there and on the way back we have what we call car band and. Her dad pulls out this shaker, something like that egg, yeah. passes that to me. There's a kazoo and then something else. But anyway, it's, it's, it's totally fun. Are you going to color it, Tim? Are you going to Easter significantly make it colorful, Tim? Uh, no, not this one. I did mention that like as I was kind of making the video, I was thinking about that, that some people might want to make these and not make them hollow, and just, just which would be twice as fast to carve because you only have to carve the one side of the file and, and just make them solid decorations. And I was thinking about how you could have a lot of fun with doing like skateboard parts and, you know, and like laminates of, of holocord or whatever, you know, and getting all those cool because it's a radius, like an egg-shaped radius all around. So you get all those cool patterns and grains. And so I'm probably going to mess around with that, with doing some glue-ups of some little scraps and cutoffs of some hardwoods hmm. and, then, and then gluing them up and running them and getting all those variations instead. Um, but yeah, it's gonna so, make a little set, maybe. A la, a la Kyle Toth, uh, Vasey looking thing. Right, because that's kind of, you know, like whereas most of the time things like this are made on a lathe, you know? And, uh, mm-hmm. and so I did a, a video a few months back where I made shot glasses in the same, exactly the same way I'm making this egg and with limited success, or, you know, success in some areas and other parts I wasn't too happy with. And so I wanted to go back and revisit this, the, the tooling of doing these round things on a machine that, you don't necessarily associate with doing rounds unless you put a you know a lathe right. chuck on it. So it's just a lot of fun. Like I like to kind of push, and you, and you can see. I mean, obviously the listeners can't, but you can see that there is like a little bit of a like a flat spot where the two same. halves go together. You know, but um, I see. Yeah, you know, so it's not perfectly, and I could probably tweak the file and get it closer. But I was afraid of sanding through it. You know, so I don't want to push my luck there. But I'm gonna make some more and experiment well, it's with an it. Egg slash almond. Yeah, it is almost more like a like a almond <laughs> than an egg. We call it an almond shaker. Um, so besides that, I'm working on a bunch of guitars. Cigar box guitar, the video's out, and um, people are digging that. It was awesome. And uh, mm-hmm. also, I want to mention, because I, I mentioned a couple weeks ago, but I just want to mention again that I, I will be at WorkbenchCon, which is, I think, February 20th to 22nd. And I will also be at Maker Central this year in London on, I think it's wow. May 3rd. 
through fifth or fourth through fifth, something like that. Third through fourth. Amazing. Somewhere around there. You think he'll even associate with us, Phil, in another year or two? By the end no. of by the end of WorkbenchCon, I'm I'm definitely gonna be done with both of you. Well, lucky <laughs> if by the end of the week. Yeah. No. Well, yeah. I got a, I got a couple more weeks to kill. I mean, we'll see we'll see if I come back after WorkbenchCon. I might just you know stay there with Izzy. You know. I, I understand. <clears throat> I understand. I, I won't be yeah. offended. Yeah. I also. I would be. I would be very very offended. <laughs> By the way, I came up with a name for your egg. What's that? If you decide to go with something segmented, hmm. you'd call it the seg egg. The or just the seg. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What? And if you make twelve of them, you can call them a dozen segs. Yeah, I could. Just give me one seg. No. <laughs> give me one seg, Mister. One seg towards the door. How about you, Bill? What are you up to, sir? <clears throat> You know, I uh, actually did some productive stuff this weekend. I um, pulled every... I have too many things in my garage. I do. I pulled everything out of my garage. Uh, I wanted to get to the organizing and the cleaning going on. I've been talking about it, so I did that. I uh, pulled my table saw apart, cleaned it up just amazingly. We got all the surface rust off from the winter and the, my garage door is a, a, a panel garage door so anytime it rains and I open the garage door it drips all over my tools. Yeah. So I get surface rust which doesn't bother me because I mean surface rust is surface rust but I got that cleaned off my drill press, my table saw is all nice and clean, squeaky going and um, while I had everything out I took the uh, Harbor Freight workbench put it on the curb and did a little videoing of the Oh, here's my thing I found on the curb. Not this curb, but a curb just like this, blah, blah, blah. So yeah. I, I got that video thing going to happen. I ordered the two-way drawer pulls a la Tim Sway's idea. So oh, the sliders? Coming soon. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so I can open the drawers from either side of the workbench. I love that idea. Mm. They're uh, great. They're great. Uh, what else did I do? Uh, yeah, I did some yard work and... Just, just been kind of busy, but that it was nice to get everything in the. But if you can see behind me, boys, and the audience can't see, but everything is still there's still too much stuff. So mm-hmm. I'm going to take, I think, two or three of the carts that I have, mobile, and get rid of them and put the the tools that are bolted down onto those bolted onto my gigantic black rolling tool chest, which is up against the wall. So it'll still be rollable, but it'll stay. It's there out of the way. Right now, I just have st- stuff stacked on top of that. As and I'm like, you know what? I can mount my mini drill press, my grinder, my sanders, all on top of that thing. It's so big. Mm. So all these ideas for getting the room that I want out of my garage back. Almost like when I first started, I only had a few tools, few craftsman tools I bought to build Casey's salon. I, I missed that room that I had. You know, and it's like now there's just stuff everywhere, every nook and cranny. So anyway. I it is pretty good. It is nice having the tool that you need and not having to dig for it, but it is really nice having mm-hmm. that space too. And it's a tough compromise. That could be a whole topic right there. Yeah, I know. But but it, it I've got enough ideas now. I, I think just a matter of moving stuff. I got like I said, I, I bought that big black toolbox. It's a giant mechanics rollaway. And uh, the top of that, because I have the top box on my bench on one side of the garage and the, the rollaway on the other, I'm like, you know what? I'll put me a big old one-inch piece of uh, thick plywood on there and mount all these tools that I have on the smaller carts on that. So mm-hmm. I'll go from three or four carts in the shop that I can move around down to one, maybe mm, that's two. That's smart. Yeah. And I, so I, I think it's going to work out really well. So anyway, that's, that's what I'm up to, or I was up to. I'm still up to. Anyway, how about you, Philip? I um <clears throat> I had an interesting breakfast last week with um with the ownership of uh, Milescraft. They were up to Montreal because they were visiting some oh. uh, some customers. So uh, they had a whole bunch of sample tools that they left me with, and uh, and we came away with an agreement that I'd do a, a bunch of videos for them, and you know using their tools and stuff. So um, you know basically I I get to choose the stuff that I want, and uh, and they're kind of sort of paying for it. So um, I get some some shop organization stuff like some carts and some cabinets that I'm going to build some uh, some cabinets for the house my wife wanted some uh, some cabinets for an art corner for the kids so I'm going to do that uh, so that's fun so I'm kind of excited the next couple of weeks I'm going to get started on that so hopefully awesome. in the next week or so yeah it's uh, I'm pretty excited about it and uh, hopefully in the next week or so I can do a uh, a shop cleanup and shop tour video 
where I can just sort of get ready for you know the the incoming uh, materials and tools that I'm going to be using to make uh, to make these cabinets and stuff. That's like uh, several uh, uh, content videos worth of stuff. And yeah, ideas. yeah, it's that's at least awesome. well, that's that's three videos right there, including right. the uh, the shop uh, you know tour video, and the other two are sort of I guess sponsored videos. So it's nice. pretty exciting because they're they're really really great people, and we spent like two and a half hours talking. Uh, uh, not just business. Uh, you know, you, you sit down. It's eight o'clock in the morning, and it's freezing outside. And uh, we just sort of got to know each other, which was really nice. And they're uh, they're terrific people, really hardworking people. And uh, and uh, I think there was some good chemistry there. So see if we can did establish you, you, a little working relationship. Did you uh, talk about syrup in hockey? Well, we were having breakfast. We did talk about syrup. Yeah. And we did talk about hockey. Yes. Okay. So that's it was an official Canadian business meeting. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah, that's that's what. Yeah, no, it was good. This, it's great that when you find, you know, it's maybe people that that are listening that don't do this quote content stuff like we do with the podcast and videos, but like there are companies out there that want to be, be involved, and then there's people that want companies and stuff, and sometimes it just doesn't feel right. And and mm-hmm. like you know, when I first like Phil, you talked me into it. And I first started kind of dabbling in that, and I would do stuff, and some of them I just like I didn't like. But then I started, so I started being more slight and finding, and you find these people like, like the, all these companies I'm always mentioning and stuff, like they're my friends. Like, mm-hmm. and that's, and it's nice to see that you, you're developing that. some serious relationships. I mean, friendships with a lot of people now, Tim. I mean, you're, you're no joke, man. You're getting to be big time. It's, I'm, well, I'm sincere. You know? Well, it's. Bill, you're not helping our cause here. You're going to boot us out. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not becoming big time. And, and I don't think that the, the companies that I'm working with think I am or anything either. They're just. They like what I do. I like what they do. They're all small companies. And we all just try to help each other. And uh, and so they're willing to support, I don't mean you know. Big time in, in, in a commercial way. I mean, it's just that it's. You know, you, you've made some serious relationships. Hard work. I mean, I'm, you were. You've been. You were totally like um, everything, everything you've got going on it's been a lot of work you talk about it you talk oh, yeah. about it you have meetings you get <laughs> people that are on the phone and it, it's it's good so it's big time in a way that um, you've got a reputation that you're you're building again and now companies are starting to see what you're doing and like what you do and what you stand for and I, I don't know I'm just I'm trying to compliment you shut up yeah, yeah. I, I appreciate it get the money it. and run I appreciate it I, mean, I think that like I always just try to just you know I'm not like a preacher you know what I mean I don't tell people what to do I just I just try to do what seems right to me and and just like not be a jerk just like it's just like rule number one don't be a jerk you know and so if you yeah. you know just be honest like don't lie don't don't promise what, you what can't Google promise. started out as don't was, be evil don't be evil yeah right and then currently, they, currently then they I don't know if they were still adhering to that no they must have changed that by now <laughs> yeah but it's you know uh, quick somebody get rid of that and whitewash our history yeah but yeah, right. If only we know how to do that. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just just you know, just be yourself and be honest. And so like, you know, I contact companies and I, and I, you know, I'll contact twenty companies. But like, this is what I want to do. I can't guarantee you're going to get a bazillion views, but it'll be fun, you know. And then mm-hmm. the companies that say, okay, it sounds like fun. Let's give it a try. They're the ones you know that become, you know, they're the cool people. Because those initial those initial sort of uh, feelers, you know, when you sort of, hey, let's do this project, they're not huge investments on the com- on the part of these companies right they're looking no. for they're looking for content to put on the web they realize that youtube is the place to be yeah. woodworking magazines are i i hate to say this because i enjoy them are finished yeah. you know youtube yeah, is where buck. people how are, much is how much is one of those ads how much is a quarter page ad in like fine woodworking magazine compared to what it costs for one of us thir- quarter page ad is probably 1300 bucks yeah this is a good guess i was going to say 1000 you know that's probably because it's probably five grand a page. Yeah. So well, they give you a little bit of a the discount. Value of, the value of having somebody who's respected and honest saying, actually, I dig this machine, I dig this product, yeah. is worth a whole lot more. Even if, if 20 people hear you praise Vectrix for having a product and a, and, a, and a service that is useful in the maker community, that's worth way more than just some actor saying, hey, buy this product, right? I mean, it and just, a, it just yeah. is. And a quarter page ad. Our community, so. yeah, and a quarter page ad on a flip through page, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, that's yeah. just absolutely. And so companies, you well, know. It's the difference the, between advertising and endorsement, right? Like you are putting your, right. you're attaching your reputation to this product. Right. And yeah, and so I, I I try to make that clear in the videos because you know there's people that just don't they they watch forty percent of it maybe you know what I mean they're doing other things and so but I try to put it's like hey if you see a company name and this like it's because I like them it's like not just like I like the product it's like I like them 
like you know like chris mm-hmm. is my friend you know like i like stephanie she's mm-hmm. awesome you know and uh, you know i it really is that for me and um and so like i've got this project i'm trying to develop for this for this year that will hopefully be coming out to be able to start talking about soon it's almost ironed down i think i mentioned in the pre-show once but um because i'm trying to pull i'm trying to build a, a family too like i'm pulling all my cool friends you know what i mean and they're like hey you guys like I have this project I'm working on where I'm going to call on all of my everybody friends. but Phil and I. But yeah, no, yeah, Phil. I was just going to say mm-hmm. I don't think I was on that email chain. Well, mm-hmm. if you if you want to be financial sponsors of this, I could actually I could give you the one sheet on it. Um, I feel like it would be fair for you to give me the opportunity to say no. <laughs> okay, I my answer is no now, but I'd still like <laughs> yeah, to be asked. Honestly, yeah. how about a little respect? Jeez, yeah. I think we I think we talked about it in the pre-show. I don't I'm not ready to talk about it publicly yet because it still might not happen. But um, but uh, but it's like I'm. Not only am I drawing on all these sponsors to help me build this project together, but I'm also trying. To, I'm I'm making connections amongst them. I'm like, oh, you make good software, you make good CNCs. Like, you guys should hang out and like. So like, actually, at WorkbenchCon, um, Total Boat, one of one of part of my my group of friends, and MakerMade CNC, part of my are. Oh no, I'm sorry, Avid CNC, are sharing a dinner. Um, and I'm going with maker. Uh, and I'm going maker, matchmaker. So they're they're sharing like a they rented a space and they're sharing a dinner like a hang after the show. And I'm going with makermadecnc.com, who is also doing stuff with Total Boat as they build their new maker space. And Avid is doing stuff with them as they build their new maker space. And also, and Avid and, and MakerMadeCNC are not competition. They're doing two different types of machines, and they they have a history and a relationship with each other. And I'm like I'm like I'm like come on guys, group hug. <laughs> you know, I'm like I'm trying to pull all these people together, like because that's what that's how we that's how we rise. You know, that's how we rise. Well, yeah. for, for those that don't know, Tim's new ideas. He's going back to cooking, and he's got Gordon <laughs> Ramsay to do an upcycle food show. It's leftover, yes. leftover. Send Gordon right over. I believe it's going to be. <laughs> you know, called. It's called it's called ABC Food. <laughs> <laughs> Ew! <laughs> that does sound like Hell's Kitchen. <laughs> you know what? Back when I was cooking, this is way off topic, but back when I was cooking, and this is like long before the YouTube, you know, um, I had this idea for a cooking show, which I'm, I'm giving this out there now because I'm never going to do it, but someone out there might want to do it. I wanted to do like a cooking show for bachelors, and the whole premise, I wanted to do like a PBS style show, and the whole premise was he had nothing but a toaster oven and a hot plate and a microwave. And I was going to show how to cook decent food without spending any more than like a dollar. So like collecting condiment packets and stuff, and you know, from from restaurants and mac and cheese, but show how to do it. So the premise was going to be, it was going to be like this, like kind of like a like a like all right, I'll say it's stoners. And uh, the one guy was going to be like, you sit on the couch with the other guy and be like watching TV. Hey man, you hungry? Yeah, I'm hungry. What do we got? I don't know. And he goes, he says, well, I got. 58 cents and four ketchup packets and this and then he goes to the store he spends his 58 cents on some vegetable and makes a dinner using this limited stuff and i thought that'd be a really cool kind of like reclaimed you know woodworking uh that idea of using really minimalist tools and and food and make an edible meal that's good and i just thought that'd be a great 20 minute show and so anybody out there that has an interest in it it's uh, it's yours it already exists It it must already exist <clears throat> yeah, I mean, on YouTube it does. Yeah, that's, I've seen like, because, uh, because, like student cooking or, you yeah. know, like what do we have in the fridge? It's basically, you know, and then make right, a meal out of it. Right. Yeah, because I was like. I've actually been to a really nice um, wine bar and all they have in the kitchen wine is cave. like a wall of toaster ovens. And they make everything in toaster ovens and it's all like appetizer, tapas style stuff. And you're like, this is amazing. And then you walk past me like, they made it in toaster ovens. It's huh. crazy. That's cool. When, um, yeah, so if you're ever in Montreal, I recommend it. Yeah, it sounds awesome. When, when uh, I was growing up, my parents bought this old antique house, and they restored it while we were living in it. And so for a while, we didn't have a kitchen. We didn't have a stove. And my mom cooked amazing meals in a toaster oven. Like, because she fed the family of four for like six months out of a toaster oven. It was amazing. You know? Wow. Yeah. I lost 20 pounds, but it was really good. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, I mean, I remember she was, I mean, you know, we were eating, uh, you know, meat back then. And I remember her cooking a, a whole mini pot roast in this darn toaster oven. <laughs> It's <laughs> <That was> incredible. <laughs> Ding! Yeah. Guys, supper. <laughs> okay, uh, but our topic is access denied. Thanks to the the wonderful Bill Lutz for coming up with that title. And that came from, uh, we were talking in the pre-show, uh, which is available to all Patreon supporters, um, that we were, uh, that where I live, me, Tim, in Connecticut, I live in a very old part of the world. And um, there's a lot of mill towns around here. There's some old industry here, a lot of a lot of just older homes and people. And so it's 
for me to find used and vintage tools, I, I can go to flea markets and, and find like Stanley number five planes like laying in the dirt for five dollars. Um, that need to be restored, of course, and, and all that type of stuff. But other people in other parts of the world don't have that sort of access to tools, and we just thought that that was something interesting to discuss. Not only mm-hmm. tools, but materials, uh, you know, different uh, d- different types of things that I'm going to have access to that you guys won't. Uh, Phil has access to nothing, basically. If it's not a Canadian tire, he can't have it. So Nothing. And Miles It's Craft funny tools. because yeah. I and did Miles a, uh, yeah, right. But they're out of Ohio, though. But um, Canada South. Canada. That I, we kind of said that actually when yeah. in the conversation. But um, you know, it's funny because I was I was at a trade show a couple of years ago, and the guys in the booth across from me. This was like one of these little pop up spaces. They were from I want to say Tennessee, and uh, and they they made their own like lighting fixtures and stuff. And so we got into a conversation about um, woodworking. And it just so happens that apparently, like, the Powermatic factory is, like, right next door to them. And I said to them, like, I would love to get my hands on, like, an old Powermatic, like a Powermatic 66 or something. And they're like, we get those for, like, $300 every day. Like, you will literally never see a used Powermatic on, you know, the used marketplaces where I'm at. Like, it just doesn't exist. But what we have is another manufacturer that's out of Drummondville, which is near Quebec, called General or General International. And those things come up all the time here. So the access to tools is a very real thing depending on where you are in, in the country and or either country. So that even if there isn't like a, a specific manufacturer that you're looking for, chances are that a manufacturer exists that's, that's local to you. You know what I mean? Like there was a surplus of like Rockwell and Delta and all these guys back in the day. And no matter what, those are going to be everywhere. But maybe sometimes there are more of these specialized manufacturers that are in other places. Do you guys have, like, a manufacturer of tools that's, like, near you? Well, I know Tim has Stanley, but I was thinking about, like, power tools or something. I don't know. I know that It's It ice cream uh, bars are made here in Shasta Soda, local, but I don't know about a wow, tool that's manufacturer. Well, hmm. there were, you know, back in the day, there were a lot of tools because Stanley was here, so a lot of other companies you know, sort of, you know, folded and probably got bought out by Stanley, whatever, over the years. But, um, and then there's a lot of tool companies in, in Massachusetts. I see a lot of names from there, like Miller's Falls comes up. Pretty sure that was a Massachusetts one or Vermont or something. Um, yeah. But they're not necessarily around anymore. But that that is a good point that, uh, you know, there are, there are smaller, especially when you get into the heavier machinery, like there's probably smaller mm-hmm. boutique places that I bet you a, a clever Google map search you could start finding local companies which would be a great way to uh, you know, one, one of the things that, that, that is accessible to me um, that I'm sure it's everywhere else too but I'm on a list for a couple of different auction houses that deal specifically mm-hmm. in shops right whether mm-hmm. it's a metal shop a furniture shop a wood shop or whatever so I'll get an email notice where it's, it's local and, and I see a list of all these different items whether it's from an estate a business closing uh, somebody moved can't take this stuff and there's all this great deals on, on sometimes some amazing uh, shop tools I mean whether it's a giant cabinet saw um, a couple of bridge ports I've seen come through different legs hmm. woodworking tools so auctioning might do, do you have anything like that where you're at Phil? Uh, yeah, for sure there. Yeah, but the thing is, is like I'm not. I guess if I was looking to outfit a shop from scratch and I had like several thousand dollars and I was looking to like do the best I possibly could, yeah, I'd start going to auctions and I, you know, try to find the best deals I can. But I'm pretty well built out at this point, and anything that I find or I'm looking for is almost like stupid to say, but almost like an impulse buy. You know, like if I see something like, uh, oh, look at this, it's a. Uh, I don't know, pneumatic sander. Oh, it's twenty bucks. I, I gotta get this. I'm gonna meet up with this guy. But I, I find I'm very picky now. Like a, I guess the gear acquisition syndrome that we've talked about in the past yeah. is kind of like dialed itself down a little. I'm not as into that. I like what I'm really after now is time. I guess to be able to even enjoy what I have already. But uh, I was gonna ask you guys what you thought about this because I think there's a trade-off. Do you think you're better off in a rural area where prices are gonna be better? Or are you better off in an urban center where there's much more availability and you're going to may probably pay more? Hmm. I, I think the, the, the wanting that big urban center where you're going to pay more is going away now with the advent of uh, the interwebs. Because you can be as rural as you want. And if you can, 
you can find all those deals and get them shipped to you and a lot of times it's free shipping so I don't know if it's as advantageous as it used to be it might still be but I, I think for the in person yeah, is, that's the advan- that's the advantage right there that's right. where that's especially where when you're your talking big, big and heavy stuff but you know yeah it's yeah. like I mean, I could imagine driving in the Midwest where you drive for an hour and a half and there's that guy that has all the rusty stuff out in his yard. Like there's, yeah. and, and just just about every town has one of those guys, you know. But then you're also, you don't have, there's, maybe it's cheaper because it's the Midwest, but there's also this, the next guy that has a pile of rusty stuff is four hours away. So he's actually got the market cornered, you know. Yeah. So it could, I it find could like both ways. You, I feel like you're almost, like when people, because I, obviously I, we've got rural areas around Montreal and when I see these listings, I kind of like let it go out like 60 miles in all directions right. in a radius. Mm-hmm. And I, it seems like a very clear pattern that the further out you go from Montreal, which is probably the largest center until you get to like Quebec City or even Ottawa to the west of us, is that the further out you go from a major urban center, the cheaper prices are for things. And when I see that, I always get excited and then I look at where it is. And I'm like, ugh. And, and I realize that essentially what they're doing is they're, is they're subsidizing your gas to come and yep. get this thing. from. Well, that's exactly and, uh, and your time. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. people in their area, like there aren't enough people to sort of make this a market in a town of a couple thousand. Like, oh, someone's selling a table saw. Okay, well, I don't, I don't need one. Yeah. But someone from outside the area likely will. That You're drawing from a different market. See, now where I live, uh, like my the town that my shop is in is uh, Meriden, Connecticut. It's called Silver City because there used to be a lot of silver smiths there. And uh, I- interestingly enough, Daresta has not one but two now vices in his shop from Meriden, Connecticut. Um, huh. Yeah, and I have zero, but whatever, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Mine are from upstate that New York guy, for some man, strange reason. He's getting to be yeah. that, that Jimmy character. I don't he's know. A, he's a bit of a collector. But <laughs> Something about this guy. Yeah, but um, but so what was typical and then like I used to live in Waterbury which is the brass city like all these towns have these names like the Naugatuck where Naugahyde came from all these like old mill towns and uh, and the people that worked there they worked with their hands in factories that had these tools but then they also they went home and did stuff and so you talk about the Rockwell Delta collection of the 50s you know right. they're every <clears throat> every one of these basements in these towns like has like a machine shop in it you know what I mean or a wood shop mm-hmm. or something because that's what these guys did they they were all you know the, it's basically like the greatest generation the World War II guys that was really the heyday and they, you know the, the, the factories were making stuff for the war and then they kept going and then they started slowly going away but that generation of men who are unfortunately you know dying off now and uh, I've had a couple mm-hmm. times in my career I don't get out as much junk hunting anymore because I have too much of my own I'm becoming one of those guys but um, uh, like there's a couple times where I, people and I'm actually there's sadly one I'm supposed to be doing again pretty soon um, of this like hey come see what's in this barn see what's you know what are you willing to buy what's worth something maybe just scrap it for me like like uh, like serious serious tools so in the past like I remember one time I, I got called to a house as a realtor trying to sell a house and they were like just cleaning out the basement and uh, I ended up buying it was about 12 buckets like five gallon buckets full of hand tools for 200 dollars wow. like it was like literally two buckets full of hand planes like all the way from wow. like number eights to like number fours and block planes and stuff and I went and I sold them all in the Facebook group for like 10 bucks each 15 bucks each because I took pictures of them right. and all these people are like you know I was gonna sell them locally and clean them up and stuff and I was, all these people are like I'm in Tennessee we don't get that like or I'm in Arizona and you know, how do what is this even happening so I was just like kind of it's like, ah, you pay shipping, 10 bucks in shipping. And I just kind of, just to recoup my $200 back, you know, and then I kept a few and I donated a bunch to schools because there's like literally like a bucket with like 20 hand saws in it because the guy was right, just crazy because, because you know what happened? All of his friends were passing away and he was out there seeing all this stuff getting thrown away too. And so he was hoarding it and then he passed away and now I'm hoarding it. And I was like, well, it doesn't do me any good having buckets and buckets of hand saws I'm literally never going to use. So I try to give mm-hmm. them out. And I, I haven't been able to do that lately. Um, but it's the kind of thing that I can easily do, you know, and then, it, but then you get into the shipping and it gets to be expensive. And, um, but still it's like, if I had a little more time, I would go out. I mean, and not, not for a business, just for a community service. I'd love to just go out and put these tools in people's hands. Cause they're not doing anybody any good laying in the dirt at a flea market, you know? And it's yeah. a lot of fun too, just going out and picking that stuff up. I mean, seeing there, it. there's a lot of, there's a lot of flea markets where I'm at. There's a lot of uh, garage sale. I mean, I, I could do the same thing too. I would love doing that if it was just a way to 
spend some time go shopping and then you know, redistribute that throughout the community that'd be a lot of fun it really would, mm. it would there's be. one big flea market like where I'm at maybe 20 minutes away from me I haven't had a chance to go I bet it would be cool and it's really only like a summertime thing for us because we literally just got two feet of snow dumped on us so we don't we don't do stuff in the winter but uh, but I'd love to check it out in the summer and see and see what's actually available like that most of my I mean all of my my hunting, I'm holding up air quotes right now, has been, you know, uh, Kijiji, Craigslist. I haven't really done anything Facebook Marketplace, but I, f- I feel like Tim's right in that it is sort of taking over everything. Yeah, yeah, Facebook Marketplace is pretty good. It's There's a lot of BS you got to deal with on there, but there's on Craigslist too, you know. Do you find that a lot of pawn shops are on there? Uh, probably. Uh, there definitely are people that, like, if you click on their profile, you see they have, like, 30 random things listed, and so they're professional sellers. Kind of like eBay. You know how, like, there's people yeah. on eBay that just sell stuff, you know? Yeah. So there are people I like I like that. it when it's people. I don't want to deal with a pawn shop. But like, a lot, yeah. sometimes, like, on, on Craigslist and Kijiji, you see that it's, like, an address, and the price point of the item they're selling is, like, one ninety nine ninety nine. I was like, do you even understand, like, why this platform exists? Yeah, that's it's not for you. If you're stuff one ninety nine ninety nine, it's supposed to be two hundred bucks. Come and take this thing. I don't need yeah. it anymore. But that's that's the internet in general. Like you know, there, there's like a there's a an idea and an opportunity for a service like Etsy and it pops up and then the business people come in. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's just kind of. I'm just gonna say, yeah. yeah, people have ruined Etsy that way. Yeah, Etsy's. Well, I, 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 even, I closed my shop for Christmas. I haven't opened it yet. <laughs> I'm, even I'm a lot of flea markets are like that now. It's not where it used to be just everybody having a place to have an open market. Now it's businesses going to the flea market selling their wares. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, it's one of the, here's a pro tip for people that are not familiar with flea markets. If you're going to one, if don't bother looking at the stuff on the tables because that's too much money. <laughs> look at the stuff yeah, on the ground. Look at the floor. Yeah. So there'll be there'll be a Stanley number yeah, five always, plane. Always that, go on the back because now the businesses are all up yeah. front when you first walk in. But if you make your way to the back, that's usually where everybody's Bottom got pop. their blankets spread out yeah. and the, the the small umbrella and they're yeah. the, with the towel and the all the tools are on the ground, like you said. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But there are there are some like at my flea market. There's some tool guys like. You know they they have like the the things that they polished up and they put on the table and they ask 20 30 bucks for and then they have the ones that they haven't gotten to yet and a lot of them will bring them and have them on the ground in boxes and if you want to put you know soak it yourself in vinegar and clean it you know it's not hard you know and uh, so a lot of the because they, they're the same as me like a lot of them like they're sure they're businessmen they want to make but they don't want to see these tools go to waste they want to see them get used you know so they try to they, there are these guys will try to make it a sale in whatever capacity yeah you know because yeah. there's going to be that next bucket of rusty tools that they're going to get that they want to flip also. Because another guy in his 80s is going to pass away or end up in a retirement home. There's going to be yeah. another basement clean out. You know? That's something I do too, actually. I mean, it sounds almost ghoulish. But every once in a while, I'll in the in the search box of Kijiji, I will search for – the French word is succession. But it basically means like uh, – like someone died and they're passing on an estate sale, I guess, is what, yeah. what yeah, it would be. Yeah, estate sale. Right. Exactly so I'll look, I'll look up the word just estate and to see, or succession, whatever it is, to see, you know, sometimes they, and I, I've only found one where it was like a really good deal and I bought a few tools off this guy. One of them was this, uh, the work sharp that I got, the sharpening station. Uh, and that was a hundred, that was like the best score ever. Like of all the used tools I'm happy with, I'm happiest with my table saw and that work sharp. Like mm. the best that I found. Nice. So that one was that was from from an estate sale, yeah. So estate so, sales are good, I guess. Yeah. Here's a, yeah. a little little different thing that I and Phil, I bet you you're on this list too. What I feel like I am denied access to, what I think Tim has way more access to, um, is meetups and workbench cons and things like that. It's like where mm. I'm at, other than Maker Fair, it's like I don't think there's anything. I feel like people in the from the two-thirds of the way of the country to the East Coast, everybody, that's where everybody does their stuff. All these different woodworking shows and meetups, and I, I could be wrong. Uh, I mean, Well, no, you're right, like because that's where, that's where the population base is. Right? Until, you, <laughs> no. until you get to California, like, it's a lot of, you know, it's very Spartan. Yeah. Most of the U.S. is on the East Coast. But at least you got Maker Faire. Like, I, uh, I, don't, I don't have any of those meetup kind of things. Wow. Uh, I think it's like in Montreal's like me and Pat Lap, and I haven't even met up with him. And he works at Lee Valley, and I would love to go visit him. I haven't had a chance yeah. yet. Well, Do you guys well, know what Lee Valley is? Uh, we yeah, probably, it's a tool company. Chisels. Yeah. yeah. Paint yeah, so, but they're, yeah. 
I just, I, I just scratched my wrist in self-harm to you saying that. Um, yeah, so they're like the Canadian Lee Nielsen, anyways. Mm. So he he works at one of their corporate stores, and uh, and she does. I think he works for corporate themselves, but he's based yeah. out of the Laval store. Yeah. Um, anyways, I do have, have to meet up with him. Have places I can drive to. I mean, I hear you know Tony Rollo's slip and slide. Right? It's like everybody yes. drives up there, and it's like I got no choice. I got to fly. That's the only way I can really get to these things, and it's just the expense of it. Are you kidding? I have to deal with an international border if I wanted to go slip and slide. Yeah, well, it's... I you're probably the, your you're probably closer slide. than me, though, to him. Or about the same, maybe. Where's the upstate New York? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah so that's three hours for me. Yeah. I, might be, I might be a half hour closer, but... Okay, assuming there's no delay at the border, of course. Yeah, right, assuming they don't have to <laughs> strip your trunk. <laughs> right. <laughs> Knock on wood. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. So I mean, and then you know, materials will be the other topic to to address for yes. access denied. Is that? Uh, I mean, like right now with the winter, I'm, we're having a mild winter here, but like it's definitely there's going to be less stuff on the curb. You know, uh, it's harder right. to get at it. It's a big pain in the neck. Um, but again, wet. But again, for me, where I live, a lot of these these houses that are, when they're emptying these basements. Uh, they're tearing the houses down too. You know what I mean? There's a lot of houses around here from the 1800s mm-hmm. that are coming down. That's where that chestnut is. I mean, you, you know, like I, a lot of places just aren't going to see that. And if I if I want barnwood, like I could go pay for it, but I can also just do a little bit of legwork and get it for like way less than the going rate. You know? Wow. Yeah, I don't have that. Yeah. I don't know. That. Yeah. I, I bet that Bill doesn't have that either. Oh sure. Well, you got nothing here's more than 100 years old. Materials. Uh, here's something I do have that Tim you don't or at least maybe not easy access to and if, if there's a way to get it to you I'll have to look at on some freight shipping um, and I, I think this would be awesome because it's it's exactly you right this thing started life as a countertop in a retail store uh, then it turned into a, uh, a front desk for a hair salon, and then it turned into a coffee table for my living room, and now I think that I have this approximately three by maybe two, three inch thick slab of redwood that would make a couple of really nice guitar bodies. I've never even seen redwood in person. Well, I, I, yeah. I've seen it growing out of the ground when I was in California. Right. I, I probably saw it in a building somewhere, but I don't remember it. You know. I, I want to get this to you. I, I think that would be a really neat thing. I, I made, I took one of the little end table slabs and made a little tiny guitar out of it but I'd like to see you actually put it on the CNC and carve a redwood I don't need it's a fairly soft wood right redwood is fairly yeah. soft but I yeah. think it'd be really neat to, to uh, say this thing has had so many lives right the story 12, 12 and a half inch by 20 I think is my blank size for a guitar body that probably wouldn't be too expensive you, to mail just two, wrap it in brown paper Not don't even wrap it in brown paper just put a stamp on it yeah, because no, no, you can do that because uh, who who was just doing it? One of these my, groups that met up at the uh, the duress, they mailed yeah, the butternut. It's my shout. They actually, out, actually mailed logs of yeah. wood to each other. Yeah, yeah. It's, I've yeah. got this thing. Like I said it's about two by three. You can get two or three pieces out of it. Well, yeah, what I'm saying is cut. Uh, I'll give you the dimension. Cut the cut the square out. You know what I mean to like the smaller size. Let just me cut just that. see how much it would be if I take it to to UPS, like you said. Just put a put a label on it. Have yeah, because I'm going to run it through the much. planer anyways, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, that, that would be fun. That, that would be fun. I mean, it's, it's, it's this thick. I mean, it's... You know what would be more fun? <laughs> <laughs> if you sent it to Phil, I agree. Yeah. Oh, you, well, yeah, international. That would be, that'd be cheap. <laughs> Super cheap. But what would be you, more you fun? Got the last, you got the last shipment, pal. How do That's we, true. How do we get that piece of wood? Look, fa- hear me out. How do we get that piece of wood to me for free? And the idea being that this bucket brigade, <laughs> right? Exactly. Who do you know that's like an hour east for you? You know, what I mean, you could hang out, have a cup of coffee, give them the piece of wood. They drive it an hour east to another maker. See if we can get that piece of wood cross country through through individual like one on one maker meetups and have everybody sign so it. How freaking awesome would this that be? sounds? This sounds seriously like that would be so much fun, Tim. And let me tell you why. No. Hands across um. <laughs> America. Hands across America. <laughs> Getting anywhere in the Bay Area. So uh, yesterday was... Yeah. An hour east is your neighbor's event. house. <laughs> yeah. Uh, One block. Yeah. Uh, yesterday was Casey's mom's birthday. So we went from our house to Napa, which is with no traffic, an hour and 45 minutes. Okay. So we get to her house. 
coming home, uh, trying to get home before too late, about 7 o'clock, and says, honey, how's the traffic? She looks on the traffic app. Oh, it's amazing, babe. There's no traffic. We can go right past where the they call it the maze, where the Oakland goes to the San Francisco and the Bay Bridge and all these the, the connections, right? Nothing. I'm like, all right. So we make it through to Oakland. We're on our way home. We're just past the Oakland Coliseum where the Raiders used to live. And all of a sudden, I see taillights. And everybody's stopping in front of me. And in front of that, you know, have you ever seen the, the Highway Patrol or the Trooper where they kind of zigzag in front of everybody to get them to slow down? Yeah. You ever seen... Yeah. Anyway, they do that, right? So I'm like, oh, there must be an accident or something because I can see a car doing this zigzag pattern in front of everybody else trying to get all four lanes to stop. But then I realized, wait, there's no lights. There's no siren lights, the, the blinky lights. It's just a car doing that. It was a sideshow. Some bunch of kid jerks in their little cars decide to stop traffic in the middle of the freeway and start doing donuts and stuff. Stopped everybody 45 minutes until the troopers and the highway patrol can oh my get God. there. Oh, anyway, God. So that, that's would, just, that would just drive me one insane. reason why I'm not going to go do that. The other yeah. reason is is that um, uh, uh, an hour east of me is uh, a place called Concord, where Phil Summers. I don't know if you guys remember him, but he sent me that track saw guide thing. Remember yes. that? Yeah, yeah. So track. Phil yeah. Summers called me or texted me today. He's like, "Hey, man, by a weird thing, I'm in Concord today. I'm I'm leaving tomorrow. Is there, you think there's any way we can hook up?" And I couldn't. I couldn't get away from work because it was so busy after the storm and everything. We had to record tonight. There's this other stuff. So anyway, I want to say hi to Phil because he does listen to the show. Um, but yeah, so no, Tim, I'm not I'm not driving anywhere with that piece of wood. I will go to the UPS store that's across the street from the airport, and it'll take me two minutes on my break to throw a label on it. That's what I'll do, pal. Unless you want to drive out here and get it, I would love short to. drive. Yeah, I would love to actually. I would love to a uh, road trip, but um, I just you know I'm trying to be a community builder and you know <laughs> hey, help you Phil's break out of your here. shell. Phil's, but if you Phil's want to be a jerk to about me, it, why haven't you? That's true. I have seen this redwood in person. Yeah, that's that's in, nice in its place of residence. Pretty sure you were there because of a business trip, right? Slow down, easy, Nark. Yeah, yeah. That's not, that's not how you look at it. He was there due to great fortune. That's how he was there. Uh, I got to choose where my business trips took me. So I said, you know what? I'm going to go out with a bang. If so only somebody friend. owned their own business, they can make those kinds of decisions for themselves. So if they own their own successful business, they could make oh. those kinds of decisions. Success, success, I'm actually working on a client in San Diego, so maybe, oh, nice. maybe we could do another <clears throat> visit. San Diego's Ooh. a bit of a haul, isn't it, from you? From San Fran, yes. Yeah, it's yes. like a 12-hour 12 12 drive, right? Never been. Never mm -hmm. been. San Diego's beautiful. You it's, should go. I've been there. It's a great yeah. city. Great Redwoods. Oh. I am going uh, uh, I'm going this weekend. The dads uh, have bought a townhouse in Palm Desert, fairly close to Joshua Tree, where oh, the yeah. wet wet is are. Mm. But anyway, um, they got to get one of their cars down there, so we're taking a load of stuff in Bob's truck, which I'll be driving, and then... Um, that's Saturday morning, spend the uh, Sunday in Palm Desert or Palm Springs, and then drive back up Monday. And I've never been that far south in California, so that'll be a trip. Cool. Huh. I think any further south, you're going to be in Tijuana. So. It's, no, it's about nine hours. It's north of San Diego for sure. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just like saying Tijuana. That was so. excellent pronunciation. Right? <laughs> Me se hablo en poquito de español. <laughs> I thought it was more Tijuana. Yeah, I don't know. No sabe, no sabe. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, so where are we? Where are we time wise here? Uh, hey, I think we're good. Yeah, it might be time to um, move on. Let's let's move and groove here. Let's see here. Um, uh, iTunes review review. Hey, there's been a couple of them. Yes, a there have. I I have I have them both open here, but I really think that this this one by Fadius Maximus has to be read by Bill. I 100 percent agree. Oh, Lord. All right, I'll do that. Yes, so you do. So it starts off, it's a five-star review, so of course, no matter what it says, we're going to read it. Yep. Correct. Come on, Bill. What the F is the title? Spelled E-F-F. -F, I love that. So yeah. I'm listening to episode 218 today at work, and in the background, I hear a toilet flush. I'm like, come on, Bill. What the F? I'm accustomed to hearing soda cans open, quiet belches, and all manner of sounds behind the boys gabbing about whatever they're gabbing about. But seriously, a flush on air? Jeez. And for some reason, I always blame Bill in my head for all this stuff. Yeah. It could be Tim. Probably not. Uh, I don't think Phil has any bodily functions, so he's eliminated. Correct. <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> that leaves Bill flushing on air. Holy literal crap. 
In other news, I got some AirPods a week or so ago. They're super nice. The active noise canceling diminishes all kinds of normal sounds, kind of making them fade into the wait. One, oh, well, shoot. Seems I might owe Bill an apology. <laughs> Turns out I was so engrossed in the brilliance that is episode 218 that I didn't realize I was, you know, <laughs> in the bathroom. So, yeah, that happened. Anyway, keep up the good work, Fattius in Utah. I'm coming to you, Fattius, because I'm going to be retiring to Utah. And he's bringing a block of redwood think, with him. <laughs> <laughs> I think I might be coming to Fattius as well. I believe what he's saying with his comment is that I am such a priss that I don't have any bodily functions, is what he's saying. No, I think what he's saying, Phil, is that you're a proper gentleman and that you... You're nice like try. my mom. My mom actually never, ever in her life passed gas, right, that we knew of. Because that's just not proper. It's not what you do. I am a gentleman. However, I can assure you, Fattius... I most certainly have <laughs> bodily functions. Okay, Ken. Fattius, if you're not a member of the pre-show, Patreon is your, your you'll be able to hear all of Phil's bodily functions. Correct. That's where I keep it, my man. That's what gentlemen do. It's like my mom. I, I found out as I grew up that most uh, people that are proper spend their time in the bathroom at 3 a.m. when everybody else is asleep. Just saying. Oh, no, I don't do that. Um, that's that's employer paid for vacation as far as I'm concerned. Uh, okay, this next one I really think needs a musician's touch. Okay, uh, oh, it's, I guess I guess Tim, you could do it. Uh, I'm, well, I'm no expert on on limericking, but I'll give it a shot. This is from uh, the Grain Doctor, um, a, a local guy I've had meetups with several occasions. So, <laughs> mm -hmm. so there's does, your access. Does he have any redwood? Um, no, I don't think he has any redwood, but he does do a lot of uh, tree milling. But anyways, uh, a reclaimed limerick, five stars, so we're reading it no matter what it says. There once was a podcast about reclaiming that the boys over at Maybe I've Said Too Much kept defaming. <laughs> they say it's only about guitars from its origins. It has strayed too far. Laffy wishes it were about serving traying. <laughs> okay, so he rhymed traying with defaming. That was pretty good. Yeah, that was yeah. pretty good. Yeah, not exactly ABBA, but anyways, yeah. it was nice. Well, they, they say it's I, I only about it guitars. <clears throat> From its oranges, it has strayed too far. No, it's, it's a limerick. Too I just, far's. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm just saying maybe haiku there next time. There once was a man named Enos. What? <laughs> just haiku next time would be great. So. Yeah. Can we, uh, I, I think syllables. that deserves somewhat of a golf clap, don't you, boys? Oh. Well done. Nice. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. And so, as always, if you write a review of our podcast and you post it on iTunes and it has five stars, we will read it no matter what it says. If it has four stars, we will not. No matter how insulting yeah. or hurtful, we will read it. <laughs> no matter how much it hurts Bill's feelings, we will read it. Correct. <laughs> Repeatedly, because we like to rehearse. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, um, that's a good idea. We should do that. All the, all the, that makes sure we really get the sting. We should probably practice them a few times yeah. in the pre-show. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Um, weekly tip segment. Oh yes, you in the surprisingly so, not cut off T-shirt. This is something I'm sure a lot Winter. of people know, um, but I did it this weekend, so it's fresh in my mind. I pulled my table saw apart. Like I said, mm -hmm. I cleaned it. Everything. I didn't lube anything, Phil, because. Um, I blew it out, and, and nothing seemed to be that. That was enough. So anyway, I didn't. Okay. Do that, but I took my blade off. Now I've had this blade on that table saw forever, and what I usually do is you clean it. I know people think that you need to get it sharpened. You'd be amazed at what you can get that blade to do and perform like new again just by cleaning it. So with me personally, you can use WD-40, whatever you have it. I like Ballastol. I also use Ballastol for cleaning my guns, but it leaves a nice. Uh, kind of like a dry film on it afterwards. It's like a, a protective mm. coating. But anyway, mm. soak it for about five minutes, uh, and then I just take a, a, a brass brush, and I just go to each one of them teeth, man, and I scrub it from one side, and then flip it over, scrub it to the other, get that all nice and clean. But then you're going to look at the face of each one of them little teeth, and lucky me, I have a 60 or 80 tooth saw blade. Anyway, um, each one of the faces, and this is where the tip comes in, um, don't be afraid. Get a razor blade. I use an old um, mm. uh, planer blade because I've, I've got a few of those. And I just take my time and I just, just scrape off each one of the faces of each tooth. 
and just use a razor blade, just scrape it off. It's usually pitch that's on there, and it'll pop mm-hmm. right off once you get it going. Brand new blade, boys. Brand new blade again. So don't be afraid to clean that blade. You'll be surprised. You think, oh, you run your hand over it like when it's all dirty and it's got pitch everywhere. It's, oh, it's still pokey. It's still sharp. No, it's not. It doesn't have it doesn't have the room and everything it needs, the cleanliness to be able to, to cut the wood and move all the, the, the discard out of the way. So Right. That is that is a great tip. tip. So you use yeah. uh, you use just WD forty, or you with this other stuff. Because in the past I've done it with um, degreaser. I tried once, and I tried soap and water once, and I didn't think either of those worked really well. Degreaser and soap and water is not really going to do any good. You yeah. want some kind of a, a solvent or an oil because yeah. the oil will will get into that pitch and help. I'm going to try pitch that. Is what it is. It's it's a sap. It's wood yeah. sap. It's pitch. You cut nasty. pine and all right. that resin. Yeah. yeah. But using a, you can even use. I mean, you got to remember those. The the face of those teeth on most saw is carbide, so you can get a stainless steel brush, a wire brush, whatever you got to do. My the one I use is like almost the size of a, a giant toothbrush, but it's stainless steel or brass or whatever. And yeah. Just scrub it. Just yeah. go back and forth while it's laying flat on the table. Flip it over to the other one, and that's yeah. all well and good. But again, it it took me five minutes to actually do all the teeth. But just use a razor blade and scrape each face of each um, tooth. And again, dude, brand new. It's just like brand new. That blade's good for because I know if you're, you know what, you're gonna you're gonna dull a blade if you use it every day in a shop. I don't. I've, I I I turn my table saw on probably twenty times a year, you know. And I'm not cutting right. loads and loads of stuff. I'm I'm doing a project. I'll, I'll turn it on. I'll make three or four cuts or whatever. Then somebody will yell at me because I didn't use proper safety equipment or whatever. But, <laughs> but I mean, it's just most of us, don't, we're not a production shop. So you can clean those blades and get so much more life out of them. You know, it's just do like you think, you, do you think you could use a Dremel? Like it's got one of those mini wire wheels on it? No, I don't, you don't need to do that. Yeah, I'd be careful need, with I that. I don't know. I'm sure, you, well, the, I'm sure you could, but I wouldn't. I would just do it by hand. The whole thing took me 10 minutes. And that was, and it was... Trust me. I mean, especially because we use a lot of two by fours and wet wood and stuff like that, where you get a lot yeah. of nasty on there, and uh, it just takes a few minutes to get it and, done right. And you I, can get those get. those small wire brushes with the brass uh, ends on them. You can get like a three pack of those at Canadian Tire for ninety nine cents. They're not like a yeah. <laughs> they're not a big deal. So. Which store do you go to, Tim? <laughs> I go to the I'll one called Har- I go to the one called Harbor Freight in America. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, the Harbor Freight Canadian Tire for yeah. sure. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no, they, they're like they're easy to find and cheap. They're, you know, even like discount stores will have those in those like little tiny hardware sections. You know, just get the yeah, cheap the cheap I mean, wire the, brushes. You know, at the Dollar General. Yeah, probably, probably. <clears throat> that was a good tip. That was a good tip. What'd you do for your um? What you what'd you do for the table for the surface top? Uh, I use the same stuff, Ballastol, but I, I take my uh, 220 um, sandpaper on my, my orbital, and I use yeah. the one that's old, so it's it's really super smooth. It doesn't yeah. have a lot left on it. Spray a little Ballastol on there. Use the sander on it. Just go back and forth and back and forth. Once that's done, I wipe it down, and then I'll put paste wax on it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. That's exactly what I do, yeah. I use, like, I have three, I use an old 320 sheet if I have it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I always keep my 220 uh, rounds like on my bench just to uh, to use as a hand piece, like to to light corners and stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's just because it's already halfway worn down. So, of course, when I I'm almost out of the red the red stuff. When I order uh, my Klingspore assort, uh, assortment box of amazingness, they'll probably last so long I won't be able to use it on my table saw top anymore. Right. Yeah. yeah exactly. The red one. You have to switch right. to like 400. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Similarly, I feel similarly to Bill on that on that front. Um, let's see here. So, what grabbed your attention this week? Let's go to Tim this time. Uh, we we talked about it before about shipping wood. Uh, I wanted to mention Beauty and the Bolt is the channel that started the butternut challenge. Her name is Zyla. Yeah. Um, and we were actually emailing back and forth a little bit. She was a little nervous about putting the neck into. She made a um, ukulele with her butternut, and she was like nervous about putting the neck in and, and I was like oh you'll be fine I was like just make sure you line it all up and kind of gave her some advice and stuff and then um, I didn't realize when she was talking to me about that what she was doing and then I saw the video come out and I saw I was just I was like oh that's what I was talking about with butternut so I went down the rabbit hole and I watched a couple of the butternut videos and they're all really cool um, well, I saw three of them I saw I saw hers which is great and then I saw Wesley Treat made a pair of eyeglasses, which are fantastic. Yep. I, I saw the preview yeah. for that. Yeah, and then um, uh, Almfab, I, I forget his first name, I'm sorry. Um, uh, he made a banana uh, 
out of it. Right, which, right, like, right, right, right. It, it's like kind of a thing, and and they're all just really neat. It was they're, they're, all three of them made great videos, and uh, I want to. I'm sure there's more of them. It sounded like there's a couple more, so I'm gonna go in and dig them. So I was gonna just search butternut challenge, and you'll you'll start finding this stuff. And then I also want to give a shout out to Bill's CB or uh, CBG community. Um, CB Giddy friends yeah, CB of Giddy. CB Giddy is the uh, Facebook group. Right, all these guys, these people. I mean, you've always talked about them. Uh, I know you've been interacting with them for a few years, and you're in these groups and stuff. What a nice bunch of guys! Like, holy right. cow! It's like um, yeah. they're just such a great bunch of supportive and nice and like down to earth people. Uh, so I've had a few interactions with them now because of the cigar box guitar I made, and uh, and I just 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 a bunch of cool people. So I just wanted to say, hey, you know, yeah. good on those guys for being awesome, and good on you for introducing me to them. And of course, they're awesome if you're hanging out with them. So. Uh, and they run the gamut too there's guys like you professional musicians really know what they're doing that can appreciate it and then guys like me that I can't believe I'm making noise on something I built right on an instrument so it's it's everybody in between it's, it's just like the maker community it's an offshoot of the maker community man. it is very Everybody's much yeah. answering questions answering questions giving you tips everything else so yeah thank you for that shout out that's cool. it, it was, yeah it was totally different than the musician community <laughs> 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 like the other the outside like the regular guitar player community or whatever we'll call but uh hey, yeah uh, fun fact about the the butternut banana did you know bananas are actually a tropical squash okay that's not true cool story man but uh, uh is that i don't think it's true no it's is not it true, true at all. it's true it's no, true. it's not true. It's not true. Because a squash is a vegetable. Yep. So are bananas. Nope. <laughs> no, bananas have seeds. They don't, bananas don't have seeds. Well, the, yeah, they're just really small. Um, some Your bananas have giant really pits in them. All right, all right. All right, let's settle down. I have a better fun fact about bananas. You ready for this? And then we'll move They're almost extinct. Go. Well, that's true, yeah. but that's related to what I'm about to say. So you've everybody's had banana flavored ice cream, candy, all of those things. And you ever notice how that candy never tastes like the bananas we eat? All those candies and artificial banana flavors are based on the previous Mm. species of banana that we used to eat that is currently extinct. Our grandparents grew up with different bananas than we eat. Totally different fruit. Huh. And they it, didn't have the Cavendish. They had whatever it was before. The cat be, and it was there was a because the the way that they grow these bananas. There's a whole documentary on this. It's really interesting. Yeah. It's on YouTube. Um, it, Monoculture. Yeah. Yeah. There's a couple of documentaries and uh, uh, talk about. I mean, God, talk about the horrible. They talk about banana republics and the people that were murdered over bananas and stuff. It's a really nasty business. But um, yeah, so that because of the way they farm them and and to get these giant pits out of them, they, there's a lot of weird breeding that they do and stuff and uh, <clears throat> a blight took out that old banana they couldn't save it in time and the cavendish is facing a similar blight right now they're working on developing another banana to replace the cavendish and uh but it's it's days are numbered probably our lifetimes yeah so get used to a new banana folks. definitely mine definitely mine uh bill what um, grabbed your attention this week you know what banana grabbed facts. my attention this week today is the, uh, I don't know what anniversary, but X amount of years ago today, and this is, we're recording on a Monday, remember, um, Wood Talk had their final episode. Oh. Mark, Matt, and Shannon, they said, we're hanging it up. We don't want you people anymore. We've Mm -hmm. outgrown you. Our audience sucks. Today, today, (laughs) they have started to reboot Wood Talk Podcast, so oh. it is. Oh, get out! No, they're, they're actually redoing Wood Talk, so it's now official a podcast again. But this time, what's different is they have sponsors. So, uh, they're, they're sponsored before too, huh? They had sponsors before. Look, I'm just yeah. going so hardware. I'm, I'm just you go do your own research. Talk to my best right. friend Mark, and he'll explain it to you. But anyway, honestly, so I'm Wood a little Talk hurt that Mark back. didn't reach out to me. So what's the Wood what's Talk the um, is back? What's the lineup? Amazing, Mark Cremona. And Shannon, the the because there were two guys that had that spot in the time I listened to it. No, 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 no. Matt Vanderlist. The other yeah. Matt left, and the new Matt Cremona. Took oh, his that's place. right. It was so Matt. It was. It's right. always yeah. been Mark, Matt, and Shannon, just two Shannon, different yeah. Matts. But gotcha. Matt Cremona is my Replaced. other best friend, and yeah. Shannon and I haven't met yet, but we're like brothers anyway. So you are very different people. We are. We're all very huggable. Mm. Um. Okay. That's good news presented in a very strange way. Terrific. Um, 
I uh, I have I guess something more conventional to say as far as what what I've been watching. I've been watching a lot of uh, this guy named Mike Farrington. I don't know if you've guys seen him, but um, he runs his own custom wood shop um, in out of Denver, and uh, and he's phenomenal. Like this guy is awesome. And I know that a few weeks ago we had the debate about oh Bill. Um, I know a few weeks ago we had we we had there was the whole hubbub or hubbubaloo about um, biscuit joiners. This guy uses a biscuit joiner, but not like whatever a Dewalt or whatever. He uses like a Lamello, and he really shows you how he uses it for cabinet construction, mm-hmm. and uh, you you see what it's really meant for. And uh, anyways, he's a phenomenal, phenomenal woodworker and, and milk maker and builder, and um, he's a very funny guy also. The way he sort of does his voiceovers, he calls his he calls his shop the boardroom, which I love. That's cool. Um, That's anyways, cool. So, yeah. Very great sense of humor and uh, a lot of fun to watch. So that's that's who I've been watching, um, and I guess that brings us to this: our websites, WilliamLutz.com, TimSway.net, and NewPerspectivesMusic.com. So contact us for your show topics, suggestions, feedback, all that good stuff. Obviously, we want to hear about your birth announcements. So info at ReclaimedAudioPodcast.com or hit us up on Twitter at ReclaimedAudio. On iTunes, leave us those five star reviews. We will read them out loud, no matter how hurtful or humiliating they are. And patreon.com slash reclaimed audio, the absolute best way to keep us on the air um, and so that we don't have to take a hiatus like the Wood Talk guys and realize that they really need <laughs> several months later. So thanks, everyone, and, uh, and, we'll, and we'll, uh, we'll do this again next week probably. Yeah? You guys around? All right. Yeah. That sounds I think, good. I think so. Okay. Okay. Yeah. If nothing better Bye, comes man. up. Yeah. Have a good week. All right. Be good. Or, or don't. Hold on.